All righty, we'll come on back and um, you can just turn to the center of your Bible. Go to Psalm 119. Uh, we've arrived there. Psalm 119. And uh, I want to sort of remind you that uh, the exact middle of the Bible says this. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. And that's in Psalm 118. You know that because we did it last time we were here. But is it any coincidence that Psalm 119, the other pillar of that middle of the Bible, has 176 verses? Did you write that down? And out of the 176 verses, many people believe 171 mention God's Word. Some people argue for 174, but... Here's the verses at issue, if you want to do it yourself. 84, 90, 121, 122, and 132. But let's take those out of the equation as not mentioning the Word of God, although that's debatable. Uh, You have 171 verses. When we're talking about the core of the Bible being trusting in the Lord, and right up against it is the value of the Word. That's no coincidence. And so this is very near and dear to my heart, and I'm sure very near and dear to your heart, because God used the Word of God to change my whole life. And first it was salvation, and then it was transformation, and He's continuing to do it to this day. And you go and you read things like 1 Peter 2.2, Desire the pure milk of the word. Why? That you would grow. That you would mature. Jesus said it this way. It's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We know that the Bible is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it can pierce even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. All Scripture we know, given by God, or is given by inspiration of God. Listen to this now. Profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Have you ever needed to be reproved in your life? Yes. You ever had a terrible attitude? Or you were going down the wrong path? For correction, for instruction in righteousness. How do I know how to live and do the right things, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Are you serving? Do you want to serve? Is God moving you to serve? Well, you don't just serve in a vacuum. You serve as you continue to be equipped by God's Word. I'm convinced that everybody in the local church, in the body of Christ, as they serve, should be getting built up in the Word of God. That's how you get equipped. And we could go on and on. I'm giving you New Testament things about how important the Bible is. D.L. Moody said this, I never saw a useful Christian who was not a student of the Bible. My, one of my heroes of the faith, you might be surprised about this, Ruth Bell Graham. She said, down through the years, I turned to the Bible and found in it all that I needed. And I love to listen to how her children 
talk about how she studied the Bible. It's beautiful. I don't know if you know this, but Franklin had a wild streak. And oftentimes he'd sneak out and be out late at night in their room. Billy and Ruth's were in the back of the house. And he said, no matter what time I came home, that light was on. And he knew that she was in there and knew that he knew (laughs) that she knew, you know what I'm saying? And he said that she was back there with Bible on her drawing, you know, like a, what's this anyway? a table that had a lift to it, a drawing table, and she was studying the word and on her knees in prayer for him. She said uh, that all the kids, the grandkids, if you listen to them, it's fascinating. When they were little, they have these uh, uh, memories of their mom, you know, getting her, you know, taking them out and playing with them and reading the scriptures, and maybe she would be doing the dishes. And the next thing they know, the kids would say, that the mom was Ruth uh, was back in her room at the drawing table, pouring over the Bible. She was a student of the Word, and so you could go on and on. I mean, Tozer said this: the Word of God, well understood and religiously obeyed, is the shortest route to spiritual perfection. What does he mean? He means maturity, and we must not select a few favorite passages to the exclusion of others. Nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. Wow. So it's important, the Word of God. And we get to the heart of the Bible where we're called to trust in the Lord. And it's no accident that the next psalm is 176 verses. The longest psalm. Would you agree it's the longest psalm? Yeah, and it's the longest chapter, I believe. And it's 176 verses, and at least 171 of them are about the Word. It's an acrostic. You know this? It's in series of eight verses. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew Bible. And whatever it is, uh, I can't pronounce it. Aleph is the first uh, 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 alpha, or, you know, letter in the alphabet. So every verse starts with that letter. Did I say it wrong? How do I say it? Okay, Aleph. Okay, great. Yes. And so 8 times 22, I'm terrible at math, but I think it's 176. Is that right? Yeah, so you see 22 verses. Now, what's fascinating about this is there are several different words used for God's word here in the Bible or here in Psalm 119. Guess how many different words there are used for the word of God in Psalm 119? Eight. Here they are. Law. Word, judgments, um, testimonies, commandments, statues, precepts, and word. I said word twice, but they use two different words for it in the Hebrew. Isn't that fascinating? So there's something about the word. I looked it up in the Hebrew. I, I looked up eight, the number eight. You go back even into Genesis. If you look up the Hebrew word for eight, it means plump, full of filled up. And many people say, you might say it's the first day, but many people say, look, Jesus was born on the eighth day. What do I mean? Well, there was six days and then the Sabbath and Jesus born. Did I say born? I meant rose again and rose again on the first day of the week. So that would be the eighth, which means new life and resurrection. And if that's true, 
And I think it is. There's something to these eights. This writer was doing it on purpose, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to help us to be filled up and to be plump spiritually in a good way. You get what I'm saying? And full and alive. And it's back here in the Old Testament. And let's just dive in. And I told the Sunday school teachers I wouldn't go too long, so we better get going, huh? Well, here is a beatitude right off the bat. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. There's something between walking in the law of the Lord and being undefiled and being blessed or happy. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. Now, I love this because there's tons of Christians going around uh, Christian world that know a lot of stuff here. But notice that we're to seek him with our heart, the difference between, you know, that far. And blessed are those, not just people who intellectually know it, but when you're walking it, listen, you're obeying it. And that's the key. There's a lot of people that know the Bible. But when, if you want to be really blessed, you know the Bible. You know God's word. You know God's direction. But you walk in it. What do you do when you walk? You exert yourself a little bit. Sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it's cold. Sometimes there's hills. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes there's mud. Sometimes there's rain. Sometimes there's snow. And you're walking. That's what life is about. There's all kinds of different conditions. You don't do it in the laboratory of the church building. You, you do do it, but you don't just do it in the laboratory of the church building. You walk it out in life. You obey, and that's where blessedness comes, even when you have to do the hard things. You ever had to do something really difficult, and you didn't want to do it, but you know the Lord was calling you to do it, and you did it, and you still it was still hard, and it was still difficult, but you know that the Lord called you to do it. And there's a relief there, even though it was hard, and it still remains hard. You know what I'm talking about? It's like when you obey in that way, and you're not concerned with, men so much as you're concerned with what the Lord wants. It's like on that hot summer day or the pavement, you know, and it's just, and and the rain comes like in the evening time and it just, and you just, you feel better and you know you've done what God's asked you to do. And maybe the circumstances didn't go away, but you obeyed. Ever felt like that? Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him or her with their whole heart. What does it mean to seek God? Warren Wearsby says this, Seeking God means much more than reading the Bible or even studying the Bible. It means hearing hearing God's voice in his word, loving him more, and wanting to delight his heart and please him. It means wholehearted surrender to him. Watch, listen to this. Listen to this last part. And an unwillingness to permit any rival love to enter. 
seeking God more than just reading the Bible or studying it, an unwillingness to permit any rival love to enter. So to seek him with my whole heart, their whole heart, get it down in here, not just here, walking it out, blessed, happy, you're at peace. It says here, they also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statute. Then I wouldn't be ashamed. When I look into all your commandments, I will praise you with uprightness of heart. When I learn your righteous judgments, I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. Now, there's a website called Precept Austin, so don't think I'm such um, uh, so smart for putting together this outline, because first of all, <laughs> anyway, I'm not a good outliner. <laughs> but on Precept Austin, I would just want to read you something that I thought made a lot of sense and framed Psalm 119 for me. Ready? We're going to go fast. There are three things that this psalm does. It tells you what the Bible is, is. It tells you what the Bible does, does, and it tells you what we must do with the Bible. Ready? Real quick. Listen to this. What, does, what the Bible is, it's Psalm, we'll get there in a minute. Uh, next verse, how can a young man cleanse his way? What the Bible is, it's water for cleansing and deals with victory over sin in many places. What else is the Bible? It's, it's a treasure. It's, it's wealth. It's a companion and a friend. And uh, they have all the quotes on here, but I won't give them to you. Just I want you to look for them as we go. The Bible is a song to sing. Don't you love that? The Bible is honey and sweet and gives you energy. It's a lamp. It's great spoil. It's a heritage. Now let's shift gears. What does the Bible do? Uh, it blesses. Right there in Psalm, or verses 1 and 2, it gives life. It gives strength. It gives liberty. It imparts wisdom. You see that? Uh, it creates friends. You can look that up in verse 63. And it gives comfort, and it gives direction. And now watch. Third thing, what must we do with the Bible? I want you to pay attention right here. You're ready to zone out. You're like, okay, I'm a Christian. I've heard about this. You're zoning out. I don't want you to zone out. I want you to listen and take these down and do a self-examination. I've been self-examining myself. Here's why. Because I studied the Bible a lot. I'm not telling you that to brag, but when do I do my devotion? Big difference. And here, look at this. What must we do with the Bible? A, love it. B, prize it. C, study it. D, Memorize it. Why do you think this is written in eights 22 times? It's, that, it's done that way, and why is it alphabetical? It's done that way so people could remember it. Memorize it. Of course it is. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Trust it. Obey it. And declare it. Now, we've lost some of those. One of the great things, I think, that helps you keep you in the joy of the Lord is meditating on the Word of God. Not some weird New Age thing. It's that you read the Bible and you ponder it. You think about it. You chew on it. 
You ask the Lord to help you understand it. Ask the Lord to help you live it out in your life. Amen? That's meditate. And we're called to walk in all of this so we better understand it as much as we can. You get what I'm saying? God's ways are not our ways, and yet he says, come and reason with him. So we see what he's like, what he's doing, God's will, his uh, comfort, uh, his um, forgiveness. We see all kinds uh, or his attributes right here in the word. So as we're studying these things, we're finding out more and more about God. What a blessing. And there's this thing. The more we want or study the Bible, and as the Holy Spirit takes us as children of God with the Word of God, He gives us a desire even more and more to obey Him. Now, we're going to talk about it as we go, the resource and ability to obey Him. But that's what it says right here in the first eight verses. And then he says in verse 9, how can a young man cleanse his way? How can some young man or some young woman, and I, you know, if you're 56 or younger, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I, I'm, it's a joke. I turned 56 soon. So, but anyway, how can a young man cleanse his way? How could a young woman cleanse her way? How could they pursue holiness? Well, by taking heed according to your word, learning your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. What's whole heart again? It's reading your Bible and keeping him as first. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Now, you catch this, right? This psalm is this poetry in eights, but it's also massive amount of prayer. Here's some of the prayers you could write down for yourself or for us as a body in 2023. Help us, Lord, not to wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart. There's this thing about memorizing the Bible. It's a safeguard. Do you get that? Memorizing the Bible is a safeguard. God can use it. Your word I have hidden in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I even speak them out as I'm memorizing them. That's what the psalmist is saying. By the way, how are we doing in Psalm 103? Psalm 103 is our memory verse as a church. Here's another thing. I think these are downstairs. This is a blessed, awesome book. I love this book. If you want to pick it up, it gives, uh, it's downstairs, I think, or ask Xander about it. He ordered them, and I think they're down there. I just can't remember. But it's an amazing book, and uh, 100 Bible verses by Robert J. Morgan that everyone should know by heart. And it helps you through it. I was surprised, by the way. I got through the about, and you would too, not just me. I got about the first seven, and I knew them. And I was like, wow, this is easy. But then I ran into a hard one. So, But anyway, look at this. I'm going to hide these things in my heart that I might not sin against you. Who here has a besetting sin? Don't raise your hand. Well, one of the things that the Bible says is to hide this in your heart. Tuck it away as a safeguard, and God can use it. What else does he say? I have rejoiced in the way, verse 14, or, yeah, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. 
Are you catching that? This psalmist said, I'd rather have the testimonies, the, the sayings, the scripture, than I would have all the money in the world. More than $10 million or $10 billion, I'd rather have the scriptures. That's what the psalmist says. Before we go any farther, are we worshiping the Bible? No, not necessarily. We're not worshiping the Bible. Jesus is the word. We worship Jesus. We find Jesus in these pages. That's who we're worshiping. And yet, the Bible, or God tells us through his Bible that his word is eternal and is, helps us grow. So we will, verse 15, or this psalmist says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. Not just studying the Bible so you can mark it off some silly calendar that you have. Yes, do it and do it that way. But take what you're reading and think about it. That's what the Lord's after. He uses that. I'm convinced when the Bible calls each of us to be right dividers of the word. I'm convinced what he's saying to us is be spiritual critical thinkers. And we're losing a whole generations of critical thinkers because all we do is look things up on Google. Sorry, Gabe. Erase that from the tape. But why don't we meditate on things? Meditate, meditate, think on these things. Have you ever had a piece of scripture and you've wondered what it meant, ask the Holy Spirit to help you and talk to you about it and give you insight and then think about how it applies and what it says to you. And I want to contemplate your ways and I'll delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. I will not forget your word. Store them in there and keep them in there. There's some amazing stories about um, uh, POWs in this book who were in POW camp, either in Vietnam or Korea, and they were really having a tough time because they were in confinement and they were being mistreated and all those sorts of things. And the Sunday school Bible memorization plan of the things that they memorized started to come back to these people. And one lady in particular who was a POW came bounding out when the uh, um, GIs freed her. And they're like, what? how are you so happy? She says, the joy of the Lord totally has filled me up because I just was with the Lord reciting his word and thinking on his word and meditating on his word. It's really powerful. So uh, that's what the Lord can do. And look, now we go to the next set of eights. And it says, verse 17, deal bountifully with your servant. That's right. When you're serving, look, when you're serving, you and I and we need God's word. We need God's word as servants, and that's what we are. We're not volunteers, we're servants. Volunteers tell people when you can, uh, uh, when you can uh, do the volunteering, how much you can do the volunteering. We, that's not us. We're servants. Lord, anything you want, anytime you want, however you want. And to be equipped for that, we must be in the word, that I may live and keep your word. Deal bountifully with me. Why? that I may live and keep your word. Not so I can get rich, 
Not so I can have a new bonus or a house. Those things aren't bad in themselves. No, that I could keep your word. And then open my eyes. What a prayer. That's what I wrote in my Bible. What a prayer. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Just to wander and to be in awe of what the Lord has done and is doing and will do. To walk around in that way takes a whole or makes a whole new spin on what life is about. So open my eyes because, Lord, sometimes I tend to close my eyes and I tend to focus on the, uh, I always get it backwards, the micro instead of the macro. Is that right? The small instead of the big. I want to know wondrous things from your law and your word. I'm a stranger in the earth. Yes, don't hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. You rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray from your commandments. And isn't that true? Anybody here could testify to that. I can testify to that. Remove from me the reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. You see that? Princes will sit and speak against me. You're going to have people that talk about you, maybe even important people. And what keeps you from, you know, lashing out or being raw or, you know, or being ugly or whatever? Uh, it's meditating on your statutes as a servant. And your testimonies also are my delight. Watch this. And my counselors. You know what we're doing every week? Part of what we do right here every single week, every single Sunday, every single Wednesday. We're counseling you. And how's that? Just because we're giving you the word. Oh, we're teaching, we're preaching, but we're doing another thing. We're giving out counsel, and it's not because we're any great shades. It's just that we are giving you the word. And it says here that the testimonies of God are the delight of this psalmist, but they're also the ones that counsel him. This is what counsels him. This is the living, active word of God. And I read you to begin the scriptures from the New Testament that talk about growth and reproof and dividing soul from spirit. What's something that's soulish versus something that's spiritual? And you become a right divider of the word and you apply it. And that's what God's word can do to you. Now watch this. Here comes the next set of eights, starting in verse 25. My soul clings to the dust. Has your soul ever clinged to the dust? Come on now. The psalmist knew what it was like to cling to the dust. By the way, I should have told you this. Many of the older commentaries believe David wrote this. There's no evidence for sure. Other people believe it was written post-exilic around the Ezra and Nehemiah times, including some people like Warren Wearsby, who believes Jeremiah wrote this. But we don't know. But I know this, whoever wrote it, their soul was clinging to the dust. Watch what happens in this part. Revive me. Who here sometimes need revived? Yeah, man, you need revived. You're in the dust. 
somebody's died, so your, your job has gone away, you get a bad diagnosis, you feel cruddy, uh, you've acted ugly towards somebody, or somebody's acted ugly toward you, things are sort of whatever, and you're, 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 you know, your soul is in the dust. And you say, well, man, maybe I should go out for ice cream or Al's Cone Zone, that'll help me. But, or maybe I should take a vacation or that'll help me. Or maybe I could buy some new clothes or something. We say stuff like this, that'll help me. But the Lord says, you want to be revived, get in my word. That's where it happens. I've declared my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. Now watch, I think you take the Bible. Ruth Graham Bell. What is it? Ruth Bell Graham. There we go. Again, you know what she said? She has an article on how to uh, do a devotion. And she says, find a place in your house and never shut this thing. Have it always open to the next place where you're going to go. Have your journal there and some pencils or whatever and make it as neat as you need it to be. I'm not very neat, but... And the reason, she said, is it's always ready for you to return and start right back up. You don't have to flip the pages, nothing. You got the uh, thing over here, and you can just, in his word, talk about and think about his wondrous works. And then, look, the wondrous works that he's done in your life, the things that he's answered. And you think on these things because when you remember past victories in your life, it builds your faith for the future. But we're lots of fickle people, I suspect. We forget those things and we go on and we're panicked about the next and panicked about the next. When God all the time has said, I've got you. Revive me according to your word. I've declared my ways. Meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from happy or heaviness, sad, anxious. It's heavy, man. I'm heavy. Strengthen me. Look how, look how they get strong. According to your word, remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law graciously. I mean, maybe you have some sin and one of them includes not telling the truth, but I choose the way of truth like this one in 30. I've chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. I look at them just like Ruth said. I put them open so that if I can steal five minutes, I get back there and I think about your word. Oh, Lord, don't put me to shame. I'll run the course. Or excuse me, I cling to your testimonies. Oh, Lord, don't put me to shame. Verse 31, I'll run the course of your commandments. For you shall enlarge my heart. Here's another benefit of God's word. Somehow, some way, God takes his word by the spirit of God when the child of, of God reads it and takes and talks about it and thinks about it and meditates on it and memorizes it and just, you know, doing that pondering and somehow, some way, look, your heart gets bigger for love and forgiveness and, and for healing and, and encouragement to others. There's something that the Lord does. That builds you up in all of these things and including patience and all that sort of thing. All the characteristics, all the attributes, all the fruit of the Spirit God uses when, uh, or to do the Word to develop that in your life. Amazing. So he goes on to the next eight. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statute. You know that when you're a follower of Christ, you're a learner. <laughs> Here's the prayer. Teach me. 
You say things like this, Lord, please teach me how to be more godly. Well, by the way, the Bible says those who want to live godly will suffer persecution. So good. If you pray for godliness, wonderful. You're welcoming persecution in your life. But the point is you need to be taught and I need to be taught because our nature is selfish, not servant and loving and pouring out. And I shall keep it to the end. If you teach me your statutes, give me understanding and I'll keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments. Here's a prayer. By the way, Ephesians 6.6, just so you know. Remember, we're in the Old Testament right now. But Ephesians 6.6 says this, that it's best, I'm paraphrasing, to obey, not out of obligation. That does, it doesn't say that in Ephesians 6.6. It says this, obey from the heart. You know, in your family, the people you love, you like to do what they ask because you love them. You like to do things for people because you love them, not out of obligation. You love them. And it's the same with the Lord. That's what we're called to do in the New Testament. We're going to walk in the path of your commandments. Why? Because we love you, Lord, and we're responding to your love. For I delight in it. It's not something that's obligatory and heavy. Your yoke is light, Lord. I got rest here with you. Incline my heart to your testimonies. What a prayer. Help me be inclined and to listen to your word and not to covetousness. Come on now. Seriously, are we? is this Bible not written in 2023? It sounds like it right here. That's what life is about now. That's what all of life is about. Well, before I was a Christian, that was my life. That's all I wanted to do was to be famous and be rich. No kidding. That's all. And if I was nice with you, okay, great. But really, eh, I didn't really care. But the Lord flipped my heart, and he's flipped your heart, that we want to obey his word and not be covetousness, or not to be covetous, and turn our our eyes from looking at worthless things. Is that not convicting? And here, maybe they were talking about idols, but... What is so worthless? You know, somebody the other night, and I'm going to just go out on a limb. You can, you can believe this or not. Somebody said, why don't we see demon possession in the United States or what we see in the Bible? And we were in the Bible college, and that sort of stumped me. And I got home, and I was taking out the trash. Thanks, boys. They didn't take it out for me. No, they don't live there anymore, so it's okay. <clears throat> and it hit me. Whew. Why would the enemy of our souls bother with any of us now? We're so distracted. He doesn't need to come in and do the Linda Blair thing. Why? He's got us already. We're on Netflix and Spotify and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And we look at our phones 24-7. We're so distracted. What does he need to bother with us for? We look at worthless things constantly and over and over, and we have the TV, and it pipes evil right into our houses, and we let our kids watch it, and we watch it with them, and we laugh, and we hit them on the, you know, the leg and say, isn't that funny? And it's, it's not. It's against God in a lot of ways. Turn away our eyes from looking at worthless things. 
and revive me in your way. Establish your word to your servant. Oh, Lord, that's what I want, to have your word be established to me. Who is devoted to fear in you? Turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. Here's the next eight. Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord. This is talking, this whole section is talking about being a a witness and goodness and kindness. Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. What do you know from the Bible? The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Yes, right? We know that. And so when we're in his word, faith comes by hearing, but not just hearing cool little pithy statements out in social media. It's hearing the word of God. It's powerful. That's what God can use. Salvation according to your word. So shall I have an answer for him who approaches me? Oh, come on now. Are you thinking about what this is saying? You ever had somebody reproach you? You know, when you reproach me and without the Lord in my life, I'm sitting there, you know, like the, the uh, without the Lord. Now, I'm sitting there. Here's what I'm thinking. How in the world? I don't know when. I don't know how. But I'm going to get you back for that. What do you mean? Oh, you know, am I the only one that thinks that way? Without the Lord. If you reproach me, I'm ready. I'm formulating the arguments. I know what's coming. I'm, but then when I get in God's word and the Holy Spirit uses us, turn away my reproach, which I dread, and, and uh, tell me how to uh, respond to somebody who's reproached me. Isn't that so true? The Lord said, you're going to love your enemies, and you're going to not just love them, you're going to not just tolerate them, you're going to bless them. That's positive. You're going to do positive things for people who hate you. See, that's not according to my nature, and there's only one thing that the Lord has done. It's his word that's come into my life, and maybe yours too. Amen? For I trust in your word. I'll have an answer for him who reproaches me. Oh, praise you, Lord, because I could make it ugly. I guess I'm the only one. (laughs) Sometimes I share too much, and I guess I did there. But anyway, uh, uh, so I shall have an answer for I trust, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. Keep it there all the time. I can talk about such dumb things, Lord. I know everything about sports there is. I know every statistic from the 70s. It's so stupid. But don't get that out of my mouth and get God's word in my mouth so I can encourage people and Help people and love people. For I have hoped in your ordinances, so shall I keep your law continually forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty. Didn't Jesus mention uh, this? I mean, didn't he say that you're the truth shall set you free? It's the word. What is truth? Sanctify them by your truth, Jesus said in John 17. Your word is truth. You want to be sanctified and holy and set apart, then you're going to abide in the truth, God's word. So am I. I will speak of your testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed, and I'll delight myself in your commandments, which I love. My hands also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. We'll, we'll take care of Zayan here. How do you say it? 
Zion. We'll take, a, take care of Zion here in verse 49 and we'll close. You're all saying good. But anyway, remember the word to your servant, verse 49, upon which you have caused me to hope. Comfort, hope, via being strengthened by God's word. Man, folks, this is my comfort in my affliction. Anybody here been afflicted this year? Last year? You don't just whistle in the wind and hope God does something for you. You look down in his word and you pray and ask the Lord to help you. And you're like you're in the dust. We're in the dust. And you feel bound and sad and anxious. And he says you'll be free and blessed. And you'll have comfort when you get in his word. For your word has given me life. The proud have me in great derision, yet I do not turn aside from your law. I remembered your judgments of old. O oh Lord, and have comforted myself. Like David, when he had to preach to himself. What did it say that the words were? They're counselors. And you need comfort, so you go to the word, and you get comforted. God does it. Indignation has taken hold of me because of the wicked who forsake your law. I can be indignant with people. Just put up somebody's, uh, let me hold up your political party right here. Watch how quick people can be indignant and angry and mad and unkind. So indignation has taken hold of me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage, as I walk through this life, as I pilgrim here, I'm going to sing your word. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. This has become mine. What's that mean? Make it personal. Make it here. Don't make it here. So here, we're going to close because I know this is long. And I know we got a long way to go. <laughs> but here's what I want to remind you as we close. Okay, this is fantastic. I learned some benefits about the Word. I learned what it does. I learned uh, some different things that you should uh, think about. But here's the thing that I think the Lord would tell you. What is the rhythm of your life? If the rhythm of your life is to watch TV when you first wake up and do it for four hours or three hours or two hours or surf the net for three hours and two hours. And when you get home at night and you finally have oh, some downtime just to turn on the tube and just sit there and fry your brain. Listen, I'm not being legalistic. I'm saying there's this healthy thing that's there for you and that the rhythm of your life is a choice. <laughs> and many people in the church, select a rhythm of life that isn't very different from those who are outside the church. And here, like Ruth, what if we were the people that kept our nose in the word when we weren't serving and loving and doing our work? It's a choice. We're under grace, not the law. Galatians 3.3 tells us we're under grace, not the law, but it still takes the choice for you. 
Not out of obligation, but out of love of all he's done. How are you in devotion? How are you in memorizing? How are you in meditating on the word? Because it cleanses, it washes, it's living and active. And you'll be enabled, Philippians 2.13 says, by the Spirit to walk in the law of the Lord. Are you getting that? We live by grace. Yes, we do. But we make a choice about the rhythm of our life. And here's what I'd say as I close this out and we go forward and the Sunday school teachers clap like crazy. Is let's be people of the word. Let's throw away our Netflix accounts. I'm going to be in trouble for this. Let's throw away the things that are worthless. I'm not picking on Netflix, but you get what I'm saying. Let's throw away the worthless things that we do. Let's be strong for the battle. But how are we strong when we are there like Ruth, sneaking in the time with the Lord between our obligations and the things that the Lord has called us to, just staying in touch with Him and and being loved by Him through the Word. Wow. We'd be strong in the right way. Dependent in the right way. And I'm convinced as we moved out from there, we'd be able to impact the dying and hurting world all around us. Let's pray. Well, Lord, we do. We come here tonight and we thank you for your word. And you obviously think it's very important, Lord, because you right at the core of your Bible, your word, you give us to trust in you and then tell us to keep our lives there in your word. Revive us, Lord. Heal us. Keep a song in our mouth. Help us to walk in these things because we need you. We know from Romans 8 that we fulfill these things as we walk by the Spirit. So help us to learn to yield to you more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.